right, sweet. So, ladies and gentlemen, my freaking camera's back. We did a session, what was it, on Friday with Chris Rabadou from The Breathing Process. And I do apologize that we weren't able to have the camera on hold, um, on hand. That, that's what I meant to say. But we are doing another session for the Anatomy Podcast. This time, this time, people, we have Ian from Recoil and Horror. Now, to say the least, this session and wanting to get this done has been, you know, in the vague works most of the year. We've been talking about it back and forth and while we both got busier with other stuff. And we thought that it would be nice to have everything scheduled according to the the, the big old project that Ian here has going on for Recoil and Horror, they, their debut, which we're going to be talking about plenty here today. Ian, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing very well, man. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. People, awesome. like, I'm telling you, the vaccine is so much worth it. Like, it's so worth it. It's free. Go get, go get your safety poke, people. Like, do it for the sake of everybody and yourself. Um, I'm only a little bit sore. But yeah, that's that's something to kind of throw in there. I got my it's, vaccine. I never thought I would. It's free. It's free and it's super easy. Exactly. You just go in there and it's it's said and done, man. Yeah, it's like a little flu poke. And on top yep. of that too, just like briefly speaking on that, do not quote me, audience, um, and every, everybody really. But I was reading an article or I saw an article pop up that if you're able to get at least a vaccine shot, possibly both of them, by Halloween, you get financially reimbursed for it too. Like this is like what? federal stuff. Yeah, like a hundred dollars or something. That's what I was seeing. And I'm like, wait, what? Why why would they pay us to get this done? But again, don't quote me on that. There's a little article I saw, but maybe that's a reason to get the vaccine. You're literally getting you paid take, for it. <laughs> you take that hundred dollars and you put that in Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> All about that cryptocurrency, yeah. Yeah, you get some crypto with that. <laughs> but yeah to say the least we got ian here um from recoil in horror which is apparently consisting of not only like none other than brandon from warm shepherd i didn't absolutely know that. i had no idea about that but that's really cool a little small world we got going on because if y'all didn't know who are watching this right now i run worm shepherd's little community and ian here is also a part of it i invited him in and you know he's he's made himself nice and comfy so have a lot of other bands that i've collaborated with had on the podcast etc but go join druid house because on the 14th which is in two days people things are going to explode for them but back to recoil and horror <laughs> absolutely so basically as per the anatomy podcast, the formula we have provided and sustained throughout this entire year, which it's almost like it's it feels like it, it's been a really long time since we got this started from to the grave to just a whole bunch of different bands in the scene. And it's been really cool to tell those stories. But that is what we do here. We have the first half in which we are really learning the story of the people behind the project, the people behind the band. And then as we migrate into the second half of the podcast, we learn all of the juicy questions that the average music enthusiast could ever inquire on, including and not limited to where the band's name came from, where the genretic uh, idea came from per se, like how did they define their sound, what's going on. And we also utilize the Anatomy podcast as a promotional and marketing engine, people. We are here to help them promote their debut chapter or their next chapter. Really, it is all significant. These are chapters in people's lives where they are contributing a lot of creative effort. So today, it is Recoil and Horror's turn to tell their story. So, Ian, yes, tell us all you want about yourself, where you came from, how you grew up, and basically how you got into music itself. All right, so uh, I've always been, I'm from the Pacific Northwest. I've always been in between uh, Vancouver, Washington, and Portland. And uh, music was actually super limited in my household um, for religious re reasons. Um, I'm not religious at all, right. but uh, it was really restricted. And so what I started doing is, and I started taking my lunch money and I'd go to music stores and I would buy albums that I wasn't supposed to listen to and I'd have, hide them in my backpack. And so that's when I got into shit like uh, Pantera, Metallica, like as a wee lad, and then slowly progressed into things like Slipknot and Chimera and Fear Factory. Um, and that's kind of where my fascination for this stuff came from 
is because I was limited to having access to it. So I would just go out and uh, find it on my own. Yeah. And uh, I became obsessed. And then I started going to shows, uh, local shows, like uh, and right around that time, that was about 04, 2004. So like that was when Deathcore really started blowing up with like All Shop Parish and uh, Job for a Cowboy, and, uh, Suicide Silence and bands like that. Right. Um, and that's where I kind of started making my first bands and started and had the privilege of playing with some of these bands and opening up for, for them. Um, and... I've always I've always just loved music. It's the only thing I've wanted to do since I was little. Yeah. Um, outside of video games, it's probably the only thing I'm really good at. And um, for me, it's just I'm I'm not really happy until I'm playing on stage. Like I'm all about the live performance. I love yeah. recording and I love writing and all that stuff. But uh, performing live is uh, is is my main drive behind why I am a musician. Right. It's a cherry on top. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's really cool because. Again and again on this podcast, we have so many bands coming through in which they got their main inspirations. Everybody so far has at least said Slipknot. And, oh, yeah. You know, now we got more of the person who is defined by the deathcore genre, the stronger generation, the stronger era, early 2000s for deathcore, in which, I mean, All Shall Perish, Eddie, yeah, he's time. now migrated into Suicide Silence, got Job for a Cowboy, who are AZ locals, baby. Um, Glendale. Yeah, 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 Glendale. Yeah, yeah, really. Cool I remember guys. seeing them on MySpace. I remember seeing them on MySpace when they released Doom, and this is prior before they were going to sign to Metal Blade, and they said that they weren't going to do it because they'd have to redo everything. Right. Um, but but they did it anyways, which I think was really <laughs> smart for them. Right. Um, I remember when Doom came out, that shit was fucking insane. There's nothing like it. Yeah, and I do feel ashamed as a person who is developing into a blackened deathcore. You know that like that's the trend now, John radically is just like right. blackened symphonic deathcore. But I have to admit, I have not listened to Job for a Cowboy that much, and I feel bad about that. So I'm definitely going to be plugging into them here pretty soon. And um, I know Impending Doom is coming out with a new record. I haven't heard anything from Job for a Cowboy though. So I think I mean, JFAT gonna come back eventually uh, they, they've talked about it like uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna release something again i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised by that right and there you go you got new music from legends i mean eventually around the corner people have definitely been talking about it because apparently they're such a legendary band um people other people i've collaborated with and had on this podcast have done covers of their content uh yeah, mac luke from indonesia like, yep yeah, they're they're hugely influential, man. Hugely influential band. Their first three albums are like some of the best albums ever. Huh. Yeah, definitely yeah, have definitely. to listen to them. So, I mean, yeah, you got that stronger early, early, early deathcore genre, and that is what helped define you musically. Now, I know Big you time. have a Twitch. I know you mm -hmm. have a bunch of other creative mediums too. So, I like to play devil's advocate and ask. If right. it wasn't for music, what creative medium would you be participating in? Would it be gaming or would it be oh, something yeah. else? It, it, would, it would be gaming for sure. And I, um, I was actually thinking about going to YouTube gaming or to Facebook gaming just because the market I feel is less saturated mm. and, and a little bit less toxic. I mean, there's going to be toxicity anywhere you go. Yeah. But um, I, I, I would probably do gaming. If not, I would probably do uh, comedy or acting actually because I like entertaining people. Yeah. Yeah. So um, – uh, that's that's what I do. It, it would most likely just be gaming. Gaming, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Hell yeah. And like early on, like in your early early childhood, when you were first um, kind of sneaking those Pantera CDs yeah. and all the other stuff yeah. into the house, was there anything back then that you were uh, plugging into that you know you completely oh, left dude. behind now? Fucking uh, the original Nintendo, dude. I fucking begged my parents for years to get me one, and they were totally against it. And then I got it, and then they tried selling it because I just <laughs> wouldn't get off of the fucking thing. Um, no, I've that's like just what I've done, dude. Is gaming and music, like that's it. Hell yeah. Yeah, I used to play. I I dabbled in Magic: The Gathering for a while. Like I'm a giant nerd, bro. Like I'm I'm such a fucking giant nerd. <laughs> me um, too. I used to play ranked Magic the Gathering when I was a teenager, too. Um, but that stuff is so expensive now, so I just got out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like basically – and I, I kind of walked that similar path, really, because I was doing gaming for a long time. And then I also wanted to get into, like, Airsoft and stuff, which is, you know, very yeah. niche. But the thing is, because it is so niche, 
It's, you know, a non-lethal uh, sport that involves real-looking guns, per se. It gets really expensive really fast. Very, very expensive. I was, yeah. I was going to do that paintballing and shit, too, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this stuff is yeah. fucking ridiculous. Exactly. I can't afford that as a kid. <laughs> yeah, and then, dude, on top of that, growing up, I had buddies who went to arenas in the AZ local area all the time. But at the end of the day, because I didn't have those opportunities and stuff, um, I just realized that, for one, the pricing to go to professional, quote, airsoft arenas or paintball arenas, it was just ridiculous. You know, you'd pay 60 for a day. And I'm like, yeah. I could just go in my backyard or go maybe like five miles from my house where there are desert trenches and just do use it for those. free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do it for free. Like avoid the neighbors, of course, because, you know, backyards right next to these uh these floodgates and stuff but, you know that's about it it's like otherwise yeah. you, you got it you got yourself an airsoft arena we also had like uh floodgates um very similar to like sewer tunnels and stuff maybe yeah. about my height uh back then which i'm a pretty tall dude but you know just like really goofy stuff and then i realized after a bit funny thing after plugging into skrillex and dead mouse so like yeah. i started off with yeah i started off with edm and stuff oh wow yeah and I think it was because I was addicted to the bass. And, you know, now I kind of progressed into wanting to be a, a bass player and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, that's about it. Um, just, like, kind of taking that similar path and prioritizing music instead. That's that's more or less what I was trying to plug in. But um, let's see. Speaking on all of that, you said Pantera. You said Slipknot. Um, mm -hmm. So, you like, really, Deathcore, um, was there any one band that you could isolate to being the one that really sparked the flame into so, you wanting to be a musician or even yeah, a deaf so, musician. So when when I when bands like like uh, Slipknot and Chimera first came out, like that was like kind of like the evolution of metal at that point. Yes. You know, getting at least for me in high school, that's what it was. And then Deathcore came like right after that. And I was at a Best Buy, and I saw Winds of Plague's album, and it, it had the, it was the Decimate the Week album, and it had the Samurai in there. I was like, dude, this shit looks fucking awesome. I was like, <laughs> the man shit. And so um, I, I picked that up, and I believe that they were on Century Media at the time. And okay. so on the back of the pamphlet were all these bands that were signed to Century Media. So I literally went and bought all of those band CDs off of that one flyer on the CD. <laughs> Nice. And so this is uh, this is kind of crazy. So um, that was when I was first introduced to the cleansing by Suicide Silence. I'm wearing like one of their old print hoodies right now. Right. Um, okay. And they became like I had never heard anything like that. Like I was like, oh, my God, dude, this is like death metal, but with breakdowns. You know yep. what I mean? And um, so I got into that. And then uh, I was I was playing guitar at the time. I was even doing I was doing backup vocals. OK. And so um mark had a little arpeggio section in there and i was like oh my god that's those are sweep arpeggios like that sounds sick and i was getting into that from all shop parish as well like i knew all shop parish was from like myspace and stuff right and um so i was like it just changed it changed me completely so i was making bands here in, in in my area and doing tours and then i'd say about a year after listening to the cleansing is when i started actually opening up for these bands and um, I got to I got to meet Mitch three months before he passed away in his accident. Right. And um, that's where I actually met Eddie Hermita, and I'm st I still talk to him to this day. Right. Um, and that's where I really met a lot of those guys. But for me, it was always Suicide Silence. It will always be Suicide Silence. That really, um, that really made me want to do heavier music. And then that's progressed since then. Like bands like. Uh, Beneath the Massacre yeah. and Super Tech Death of the Bands like that, like Art Spire and stuff like that um, are some of my favorites now. And um, also, um, Jonathan Huber is from my area. He used to be in I Declare War, and then he went to a Pathology, and he's doing something else now. I forget what it's called, but he's the vocals for that as well. And he was with Cam uh, Big Chocolate from Disfiguring the Goddess, who's actually yeah. just – who used to be north of me now. I'm not sure if he lives in Arizona or California. But I swear that he was from here originally. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. But then I got big into disfiguring the goddess, and that was the first time that I really heard like uh, over orchestrated synths and mm. like um, big, big kind of like 
um, big orchestrations into into deathcore. Yeah. That was like tactic. That was technical deathcore too. I was like, dude, this shit is fucking slamming, and that kind of just changed my whole life. And Cam was tight with Mitch and Suicide Silence and all right. that as well. So that that whole like little group of people is really what influenced me. And then I got lucky enough to play shows with them and open up with them, and then make some friends with a lot of those guys. And um, I cherish that tremendously. Right. No, that's really cool. And speaking yeah. on those earlier times when you were mm -hmm. opening for these bands, was the project Recoil and Horror or something else? No, that is. Um, I'm actually not going to bring the name of that band oh. up because there's. No, it's fine. It's. I'm just not going to say what it is. But um, the the old drummer from that band is now currently my my drummer now in Recoil. Okay. Um, which is fucking cool. But there is a lot of bad blood when that band broke up. And so I kind of just don't want to give credit to those guys, to be right, honest with you. Right. At all. I, I, just, I don't want to give credit to them. So I want to say thanks for the memories, but I'm in a much better place now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there you go, and man. That one. Transparency um, and, you know, no context, no details. That's completely fine. Yeah, no, uh, I lucked out though. Uh, my 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 drummer is two Brandons in recoil. There's Brandon uh, Brandon Cooper and then Brandon Dorman. Brandon Dorman's been my friend since like, dude, almost fifteen or sixteen years. He's fucking insane, phenomenal drummer. Um, and he's my drummer now in recoil. And he was actually taken up for like I, I originally wanted to have him as a drummer, but he was touring in some other bands. Right. And then um, I just happened to randomly ask him, I'm like, hey, dude, if you are not touring right now, would you please join the band? It's like, dude, I don't have anything going on. I'm fucking all in. So I really lucked out with him. Awesome. And, you know, for, there you go, full circle. For a while there, we had Elijah Lash from Awada um, doing drums for us because he lives in the area. Um, but that was just like some session drumming. Yeah. And Awada is his big thing. And he, he, he goes and tours Europe a bunch. So it's yeah. like it didn't really work out. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, stuff like that happens all the time. So, I mean, yeah. that's just how show business, that's how music works in general. You got all these hundreds of thousands of bands. And, like, that's that's even still a tiny fraction of all the projects right. going on simultaneously. And new projects are always coming out and starting every day. So, I mean, you know, I heard happens. some ridiculous. I don't know if this is a correct statistic because most statistics aren't correct anyways. But <laughs> um, I heard something ridiculous that it's like in between three to five percent of the population of the world actually even actively listens to music. Whoa. Like all music, not just metal, like all music, like even super popular music. Only three to five percent of the actual population of Earth listens to music regularly. So I don't know if that's right or not, but I heard that somewhere. It's a very small percentage of us, which blew my mind. Well, that's definitely a clickbait article right there. It's just it like, is. Is that, is that true? <laughs> no one's actually that? listening. No one's listening to anything. Yeah, like seriously. <laughs> and the thing is, I as a hippie and as someone who uh, believes in like the multiverse and the golden ratio and stuff, mm -hmm. when literally – I came into the enlightenment of a theory consisting of everything in creation in existence, consisting mm -hmm. of complex and almost intelligent sound waves. I'm like, there's no way that music doesn't influence everybody, period, in at least They're some They're talking way. about vibrations. You're yeah, talking yeah. about vibrations? Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm familiar. Right. So, you know, with that creation theory in mind, despite all my religious beliefs and stuff, that is, that's impossible. <laughs> there's no way. That's weird, knows? right? Who knows? Yeah, exactly. A world without music would be a very strange one because, you know, that would be a pretty silent. I'd be world. fucking miserable. Yeah, I think suck. a lot of us would. But no, that's that's actually that's that's really weird. I got to look that up sometime. So basically, we so far have a story to where um, majorly influenced. You are part of the community, part of the scene. You got to see legends before they um, before they left us, unfortunately. Bro. One of the coolest, one of the coolest fucking shows I've ever played. I was still in high school. I opened up for fucking Botch and Dillinger Escape Plan and Poison the Well at the Paris Theater, and uh, Dillinger Escape Plan obviously blew up to become huge. And back in the hard post hardcore era, so this is after like Earth Crisis and shit like that. You had bands like Poison the Well. And I was still a young lad, dude. I mean, I'm talking 14 or 15 years old. Right. And I and I, I played for them at the Paris Theater. And I remember when Poison. I had no idea. Poison the Well was. I just knew that I was opening that night, and I had my friends going, "Dude, do you know who this band is?" And um, I was really naive at the time. Yeah, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still learning stuff. I was just fucking excited because I knew that these bands were something bigger than me, and we <laughs> got to fucking open up for them. And um, so I'll never forget that show, dude, because 
there were so many people on stage when Poison the Well was playing that their Marshall fucking half stacks were shaking, dude. And like there are people coming up on there to grab the cabinets and they wouldn't fucking spill over <laughs> me. Fucking stage diving and just crazy. It was the craziest shit I've ever been to. The Paris Theater can probably hold like 500 people max. Mm. I mean, I'm talking, and that's shoulder to shoulder, wall to wall, 500 max. Right. And so it was just like, um, when it was like over, I was like, dude, who the fuck was this band? You know what I mean? So I went and got, um, I went and got the, uh, I'm not sure if they were tearing on tears for the red or the opposite of December at that time, but whatever it was, um, I was like, dude, oh my God. And then Botch was from the Northwest as well. They were a hardcore, like mathy hardcore band, right. like Dillinger. Um, and then that, that really cemented me in as well too, for, um, technicality of music. Yeah. Hell Yeah. Well, I mean, let's see. We got about, yeah, we got six minutes. That that's, I think that really covers everything. And I do appreciate you sharing all of that story because you know that's important stuff, and that's really what the Anatomy Podcast is all about: is telling the story, absorbing the perspective of all of the awesome musicians in our scene. So I do really appreciate that. And shout out to well, all of the projects and bands thus far who have brought Ian to this point because I'm. You know, I'm sure you're vibing right now, to say the least, <laughs> in life. Yeah, man. I, I love music. Like, music literally is my life. And I love all the new deathcore and shit now, too. That's the big thing of Recoil is I take the old school elements where I was founded, and I like to include and implement new age elements that are present in the scene now because I'm not really I'm, – I'm older, but I'm definitely not, like, kind of like that boomer mentality. Yeah. Like, because without, like, things like Black and Deathcore – and other bands that like i love varials and bands like that mm -hmm. like um without those influences and those sound changes um i wouldn't be doing the music that i'm doing now because i don't really feel that there's rules there's rules to music when you're creating it you should just be creating something that you enjoy right and to make that on a more general perspective people coming from two creative minds there is no rule to creative you know endeavors in general you got people who want to kind of isolate certain ideas and certain ways of doing things but in reality do whatever the hell you want as long as it doesn't yep. hurt people like absolutely honestly absolutely 100 percent. so as we move on into the second half the juicy bits that are talking about the band project itself we got the story yes. covered so now we get to move into the like this this is going to be cool i cannot wait so one of the first questions that i usually ask the people i host is the band name where mm -hmm. did recoil and horror like where did that come from was it oh, yes. your mind child or you know did someone was just like it, random about it it was mutual no it was mutual with me and metal chick um she's that's my partner my manager my girlfriend right um she was in a car accident and i wasn't even doing a band at the time i kind of like i have a really good career and stuff which i'm gonna eventually leave to go back touring again right. uh, so i have a career <laughs> and stuff and i was kind of done and she really believed in in me continuing music. So we went to the car accident and she was recovering and it was a really dramatic thing, obviously. Yes. And I'll never forget when I was talking to her and when she started telling me about how she mentally understood that she was like um, in trouble, she said that it made her recoil in horror when she was like, start, when her brain was like putting together the shock and trauma that, um, that her body had been severely damaged right. and she said that it made her recoil in horror and it was kind of something that stitch, i mean it didn't kind of stuck with me it stuck with me yeah. so you know a, a couple a year and a half later after you know she's recovered and we're like starting to take this music more you know seriously again um i was like dude what what what, what fucking album name do we have well, you know what are we going to come up with for a band and all this other stuff and then i was thinking the one major positive that came out of that car accident was the was the music that we're creating now right and so i'll never forget when she said that um it made her recoil in horror and i was just like fuck it let's do it i'm usually against like three word bands like you know bringing the horizon or between the buried and me like i love those bands but i've always been more like like i like nihilist or i like you know you know kill seed or something like that right um, but I was like, fuck it. I'm doing a three word band. I went against my own thing. Like it's now <laughs> we're, we're doing recoil and horror. Right. Um, and so that's always like a constant reminder to me about like where it started and what this means to us. 
And that's actually really cool. That has to be the best answer that we've had on the podcast so far. So so far. So far. Because <laughs> to be brutally honest, and I mean, I get it. It's a heavier art style. It's a heavier culture per se. It's an edgier culture. You think right. of the music that we make. You think of violence. You think of unfortunately right. slam, in which they're talking about murder and all these very violent, violent things. And then mm -hmm. you know, for the most part. When I've had people on the podcast before, uh, let's see, there was, um, I want to say, To the Grave, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, they just came up with that on the spot. Um, just simply plenty of bands who have kind of improvised on the names and haven't really had a story behind it. But that is really, really personal. That is like yeah, super it's... personal. It's super important. Honestly, too, if I had it my way, like, I probably would have been. And I'm glad that I went that way because I feel like it's that name is a little bit more approachable to people because I would have... I would have probably named something like you said, like in the slam court slam category, that was yeah. a little bit more violent and putrid um, just because I'm kind of like that. Like all my subject material is pretty much in your fucking face when I write about it. Right. So, right. Um, you know, I probably would have ended up calling the band like fucking, I don't know, disfigurement something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of you those know? two words, two words. Yeah. Or yeah. Two. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say the only cringy thing about slam band names right now has to be the ones that st that end with ectomy like yeah that's the running joke yeah that's the running joke right now right oh yeah true that and like let's see the, it would have to be the two name bands like you just described it would be like yeah. uh dismemberment discography yeah. or something like that yeah. i'm like give me a break man i hope that's just a joke <laughs> my, mine mine was going to be mine was going to be something like slaughter rapist or something it would have been straightforward yeah right right slaughter so, the rapist that would be slaughter the rapist that's, that's most likely what i would have gone with i mean i'm, I'm being dead serious man that, i mean at least you're honest at so. least you're honest unfortunately <laughs> and like it, it's cool for the sake of the podcast and all of my creative mediums thus far but like quite literally everything that I invest into creatively uh, from now right. into the future. And since I've really been creating in general, always has depth to it. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, what's the story behind that? And literally it's a campfire story worth of narrative right. to go with it, especially my Absolutely. tattoos. Like I want to do that for all my tattoos, period. But that's a different story. That's, you know, this is recoil and horror, not Sean Cross. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so to say the least we got a pretty personal and awesome answer for how the band name came to be now how about the lineup have there like how many oh, man. lineups yeah. have there been where did everybody come from and you know obviously the lineup now is pretty so the lineup now um is comprised of or made up of my old drummer from my old band brandon uh, Brandon Thorman and then Brandon Cooper was actually is a part of the band as well and he before Worm Shepherd started and before Recoil and Horror was really kind of going to become a full band uh, I had met Brandon via Aaron Shapirian who's the producer yep. and so Brandon was always a really good big supporter of what we were doing and around that time I think Brandon had released Charlotte with Blue Rivera right. Um, and so when I heard Charlotte, I was like, dude, holy shit, this is like, this is really pretty. Like, this is like, I like, I like really pretty music too. Yeah. Really, really well written melodic stuff. I love that. And I just was like, dude, this, this song is just brilliantly written, you know? And I started talking to Brandon and he's just a super, super sweet, amazing, awesome, badass guy. Yeah. And, um, so we, we've always had that mutual, like brother, brotherhood right there. Right. And he's always been rooting for me and, and big supporter of what we do. Uh, my second guitarist, Sean, um, I was in a slam band with him called Turok, and I'm not. I think we're going to release an album eventually. I don't know. It's it's in the works, but yeah. Uh, I needed another guitar player here for local shows that we're doing, so that's Sean so that he would do that. And then my other James, my other guitarist, uh, James Knapp, who is the core writer and the core guitar player. He lives in New York, and I met him via Aaron as well, and through one of the old members of the band. Um, as well too and so james is the, now the creative writer the main lead in that and i do kind of the synth composition and the vocals and stuff right. i kind of do the quality assurance thing and then aaron does all the magic in the studio and then james does the majority of the writing okay yeah there you go so that's actually a pretty good plot twist so if i'm understanding this correctly you are the vocalist but does he cover lyrical content too or do you contribute some of that no, I write I write all the lyrics, right. um, and then I've I've been playing guitar for about seventeen years now. So on the album, uh, there is one song that I wrote about eighty percent of, and then Aaron 
went in and added some other stuff. Um, you know, so it's about 80, 20 in that one. But, uh, James did, did a lot of writing too. I do co-writing when it comes to guitar stuff. Um, a lot of the synth composition I write and I do all the vocals, all the lyrics and all that stuff as well. Right. I mean, yeah, doing more than, more than just lyric writing, which right. I just haven't descended myself into, uh, learning guitar that much. Like I know how to play chords and do all that stuff, but that's really cool. That's actually super, super cool. And you know, you got all these different people from all across the country. I can mm -hmm. only imagine um, that, you know, and um, Metal Chick has mentioned this before too. Um, everybody's right. just like really spread out. So um, I can only imagine that. So Sean, Sean, uh, my, my guitarist Sean lives here with me in Oregon and so does Brandon. And so kind of mm -hmm. like how we're going to do this is when it comes to when it comes to west coast shit like i'm just gonna backtrack bass and secondary guitar that way right when it comes to if, if they can't make it out here and we're not doing a tour we're just gonna backtrack for west coast stuff but when it comes to full-on tours and stuff the, the whole band is going to be together at that point in time okay okay so awesome. i actually kind of modeled this idea off of uh dan watson from enterprise earth right um i when he i heard him when he was an in infant annihilator and then I'm not sure if Meyer Lore or whatever that was came after that and then Enterprise Earth. But when he started doing Enterprise Earth, I think he was just working with a couple people for a studio project. And then he actually started, I think his basis was from Canada and stuff like that. And I was like, holy shit, like this remote stuff is a possibility if you can't find people in your area. Yeah. Like he's literally, he's literally doing it right now. And right. so I was like, well, fuck it. If he can do it, I can do it too. <laughs> right, exactly. So. And yeah, that's that's a bigger story. With with that concerning uh, Dan Watson's bands, it was um, Infinite Annihilator, Enterprise Earth, and then he right. kind of crammed Meyer Lore in there. Um, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, and I think on top of that, extra little detail, the only reason that Meyer Lore exists is because him and collaborators on the project were just testing out a new drum set. So that's why, oh, crazy. The, yeah, that's why the drums on there are so infant annihilator and just absolutely blast. God, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Cause they cool. were just seeing what the drums could do and well, they did a lot. So, um, a little fun that's fact awesome. for everybody. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah, so basically a, for a joke here, I get a lot of people that like that are new listeners to recoil that will uh, message me and call me a brand of sacrifice ripoff. I'm totally not ripping them off. I'm ripping off Dan Watson to so get it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. At least you're at least you're honest. Not about music that. wise, but strategy wise. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, that's a strategy, too, because you got yeah. circumstances like as of recently in which they didn't really disclose the details per se, but apparently Dan had to stay home and stuff in Enterprise right. Earth, like went on tour um, with the vocalist of Godhead or something like that. Is that who he's from? Yeah. He's, that, yeah okay. he's multiple projects, but he's. He's kind of like a, he kind of reminds me of Garrett Russell with just like, you know, he's scrawny. He seems pretty clean. He's got like little stash and goatee and curly hair. I'm like, dang, yeah. he's doing it right. But um, <laughs> yeah, you got, the, especially with the pandemic, man, you got these circumstances yeah. to where for the most part, not only if you can't write, you know, if you can't write and find musicians around you, you find people across the country, but mm -hmm. also when we got what's going on right now continuously and you know right it's just, it's kind of the same answer and to address uh and to elaborate a little bit more on the question too about the lineup changes and stuff like that yes right i have a really i'm gonna have a really direct answer for you okay and i've been wanting to talk about this for a while so what happened there is it started out with some uh with one of my good buddies that lives in canada his name is joe i've actually known joe for like 15 years he's a drum instructor he's a professionally sponsored like he's a really solid guy and then the pandemic hit and it caused a lot of distress in his life which is understandable so sadly he had to go and i was really excited to work with joe because i'd known him forever like we, he can fly for free like this is pre-pandemic like it's like dude this is gonna be awesome he has his own studio right and um sadly he had to go so then um i had some guitar players that were from my really used to be a really well uh established band in that 04 era and they joined and that did not work out for the reasons of I'm a pretty straightforward person and I don't like being manipulated into setting a certain style or way. And I felt like the original vision of what I wanted this band to be was becoming distorted. Right. So um, they simply just did not work out because I don't agree with a lot of policies that people do in the industry. And I don't agree with a lot of ways that people go about things. 
Um, I'm a really honest, straight up person. And so um, if I feel like I'm kind of taking shortcuts or there's a way to achieve something that is dishonest, it's not for me, man. I don't yeah. cut corners on this at all. And so um, that is why they were displaced of their own regard, not of mine. But they wanted different things out of this than what I wanted. So I, they were easily um, replaced when that opportunity came up. Right. So I had to say I have, I have, I have that to say. Yeah. There you go. Get that <laughs> off your chest. Now yeah. you can breathe. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and that's that's also just like the, the really complicated thing about being or wanting to be in a band, wanting to be a musician, is when, right. for example, you are the collective uh, father of the project, right? Right. And over time, it's like you have people who either aren't even musicians, or at least for me, I've had that experience right. so far being a you know a creator. Um, I've tried to find multiple candidate musicians and mm -hmm. basically they're just in the project to say, oh yeah, I'm in a band, man, or whatever. Um, and, you know, basically over time that just became constant. And then basically you're running the project yourself, whether mm -hmm. lyric writing, yeah. whether graphics, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Manny and I, Manny does the majority of the office work and the social media and stuff. Um, I do the majority of kind of organizing. And um, the, the weird thing about this band, man, is when we're ready to go and play shows, thankfully, that's going to be a lot easier. And we kind of have a hand up compared to other bands, which I'm very thankful and grateful for. Right. The, the odd thing has been the amount of um, hangups that we've had between um, getting this album out and getting the music video done and all that stuff is coming. All, it's, it's all going there, but there's been, um, there, there's just been a lot, the, a lot of the easier things for bands, like getting the graphics and getting the music and getting all the stuff out there usually yeah. comes first in the shows. We kind of like have the shows there and we're just, <laughs> we're trying to get um, the best quality, the best quality content for what we have out to, to people to make an impression. So, right. and I, I don't, I feel that people, we're definitely doing something different with this album and I'm definitely proud of it. And everyone has worked their ass ass off super hard on this. And I'm really excited for people to hear it. Right. And that's, that's really cool. And we will definitely be discussing that um, throughout the remainder of this session. So don't you guys worry, like this is going to be really, really sweet, exclusive. It's going to be, hell awesome. yeah. it's going to be, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hell it's going to yeah. be really cool. But yeah, so you've chewed through, quite a few lineups, whether because of creative differences or people mm -hmm. just, you know, being affected by things in their life. And that happens all the time. So right. that's, that's also another purpose for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is to kind of give you an insider look on how the average musician in the heavier counterculture scene operates and how everything happens within the band that way the question's like man is it even worth it it's like yeah it's just yeah you know it, it, there's a struggle but there's a struggle Absolutely. with all beautiful things in life mm -hmm. no matter what and all things that you're willing to fight for well that's that's what you need to do in life is what you're willing to fight for yeah. what you're willing to wrestle people with whether in a business sense a creative sense or just you know a social sense i guess so, absolutely yeah and i mean that's really cool it's really, and really something, cool. something else to add to that too man is even like if um recoil were signed right now we'd already done a couple tours it only gets more difficult the more the more and bigger you expand there's always going to be a challenge and so uh, it's it's constant work and it's probably yeah. the hardest the hardest thing i've had to do in my life and my my real nine to five normie job is pretty hard yeah. but doing music full time and doing it because you love it as a passion and that's what you want your occupation to be like to me it's just like a cool minimum wage job that i can go and fucking tour around and yeah and um and uh have fun and love my life um there's always you can always improve and there's always going to be a new goal or obstacle for you to overcome or approach yeah so that's something to also keep in mind yes definitely and there you have it folks words from another wise musician in the scene in which Recoil and Horror is about to make its debut. So, we got your first record, your first full length mm -hmm. coming out this fall. Um, what, is, what is the name of it? I do apologize. It is called Amalgam. Amalgam. And Amalgam means a blend of metals, a uh, blend of alloys. And Ooh. so, going off of like what where we first started, um, you know, I'm come from like kind of that 04 era. Yeah. So, like, you kind of have like your base metal there. 
and like my influences there and then you have all this new stuff coming in like blackened elements you have uh, these crazy bands out there like art spire and varials and other stuff like that and it has old it has that those staple like feels to it with all this new edge flair on it and that's awesome it's, how, uh, it, it's like deathcore uh, made by michael bay <laughs> it's got it's got explosions in it and um uh every song is different and every song tells a story um but it's a blending of metals and i thought that was appropriate because there's young people in my band and um older people like myself <laughs> exactly exactly and that's actually a super super awesome idea amalgam just a blend of different metal alloys you got the traditional metals mixed with the newer metals the newer you know harder tougher metals yeah. and stuff like that and then it also Absolutely. reflects on the people which like that's such a genius idea i love that thank you man yeah of course so um digging under what we can like what can we expect from amalgam you know we got the the genres and stuff the people behind it um what else can we kind of uh i don't even know how to say it Excellent. oh boy man uh without revealing too much of course i think that it's going to okay so when i made this album i was really i was like man how do we there's so much really there's really good really 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 good music out there like yeah um like i'll use worm shepherd as an as an example like i remember watching devin doing vocal covers and stuff like that and i just knew like oh my god this kid's gonna fucking this kid's got it you know yeah. like this guy this guy's just got to get some people and he's like gonna be okay you know yeah. what i mean um and so and then i saw this kind of like whole black and deathcore movement move through and i was like well i really like a lot of that stuff but it's just not me at the core but i want to yeah. take elements from that i want to take the stuff i do like um that i know that i can do well you know because i don't want to do something that's not authentic to myself exactly you know, um, so I was inspired by Black and Deathcore. And then I had, I've always loved Fear Factory and I've always loved Chimera for their weird fucking industrial stuff, but I don't really like industrial 100%. Right. Um, so there is industrial elements in this big time, littered all over. There's keyboard elements like symphonies, um, big math. I mean, it's, if, if Deathcore could be kind of like, like kind of have a movie soundtrack, I would say that's what Amalgam is, man. Right. It's a concept. It's a concept album, but it's really crafted us into. Um, I'm excited for album two, if anything. Like, I, like <laughs> I've heard, album one is done. We're working on. We're working on distribution and stuff like that right now. I mean, the album is complete. Right. And okay. so, and so is the music video. We're putting the final touches on everything, um, to get it in a, in a good package for everybody. But, um, like when you listen to, uh, there's a track called Lamia's Rot. That's pure ass beating like technical death metal that's all that <laughs> song is and then you listen to a song like scholar and that's like this psycho synth like like thawish like who knows dude like it, it's weird it's different yeah and um that's so the biggest every thing. song i think i hope it leaves someone going dude what the fuck was that for at <laughs> least one part of every track i think that's what we've done here okay and i feel like i feel like we've managed to make something unique um when it's really hard to do that yeah um and um, I'm very grateful and, and, and appreciative of all the hard work that Aaron and everyone else in my group has put into it. Hell yeah. And shout out to both Aaron, shout out to Brandon, because, you know, same Absolutely. world as Worm Shepherd. And, you know, that's basically up to this yeah. point, you know, being running their community now, which has been an honor. Um, yeah, man. Definitely small world, and it feels, you know, it kind of feels like I'm part of the band too, but you know, not at yeah, all. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, everyone's everyone's a part of the band. Yeah. You know what I mean, I think that's that's what's cool that that where I feel so fortunate with Brandon and Aaron, especially, is like everyone in these communities and in these groups. It's like you're all members to some degree. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, like I got I've I've got to hear all hear all the cool stuff before it was released. Like I'm sure you have too. You know, I'm sure you've heard yeah. snippets and previews. And um, it's like, wow, dude, this is like, this is really cool to be a part yeah. of something where you get to hear it before, you know, everyone else does. And right. like Brandon has the whole Recoil album, and I'm sure some of his friends have heard it too. Right. You know? <laughs> so, um, you know, it's really weird too. I got to say with the album, man, being on it and creating it, um, the feedback that I got from people, because I gave it to other people, I'm kind of like, Johnny Depp doesn't watch himself act. Like, he'll do yeah. the movie, and he's like, you watch it. So when the album was done, I was like, hey, you guys listen to this. Like, I'm really like... Yeah. I'm just like that. Um, and the feedback that I got from the certain people who are not just like 
oh, everything you do is great. No, they're like very critical. Right. And the, the feedback I got from it was overwhelming. And so that's when I knew I was like, well, if they're saying this, like, it's, I guess I'll have, yeah. I guess I'll have a listen now. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. And so, um, I'm really proud of it and I'm very thankful because it's been a fucking long road just to get this shit done. <laughs> yeah. I, album twos would be way easier to get finished. Cause like we have, like, we kind of have this fluid dynamic figured out now. We're yeah. putting all the puzzle pieces, pieces together. And that's really the beginning in the journey of becoming, I, I would say, I, like, right. basically, I'm in a concept project. I'm not in a band, nothing like right. that. But, you know, it's it's taken pretty long for me just to get to that official band point. So I'm like, yeah, right. I, I, I think I know what he's talking about. <laughs> but, you know, it's well, no, it's kind of no, I do. Absolutely. Because when I did recoil with Aaron, my whole purpose was just to find a band that I could go on tour with. Right. Like, I didn't want to run a whole band like I wanted to, like, contribute to an already active band. Right. And um, I wanted that to just be like a technical death metal band like Art Spire or Beneath the Massacre, because those yeah. are like my big my big influences and everyone was like dude just do do recoil as a band like it's going to be awesome do recoil as a band i'm like i don't want to do recoil as a band dude it's like a lot of work <laughs> yeah and um here we are recoil is now a band <laughs> exactly exactly and sometimes <laughs> man you just got to make those steps forward and see how it goes i know yeah. i i know i'm sure as hell i know i do because basically right now blind without our failures which is going to be the name of the project right. and i love the name we got a logo it's, it looks so good but yeah. you know basically it is down to two vocalists in which one of them his name is tyler shout out to tyler dude looks like chris motionless right oh so, really yeah every time i like at least once when motionless last came to town i actually mistaked him for chris for i'm like chris. oh what's up chris <laughs> he's like no 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 no, man it's tyler i'm like oh shit but still hi <laughs> Like really cool stuff, yeah. and you know it's it's an awkward stage right now. We got s at least four different release projects where the lyrics, we got the logo, right. we got everything. But the thing is, we have a guitarist with two kids who's in Chandler, busy right. working at Amazon nine to five, and then we have our um, I don't even know what role she decided on. We were planning on having her be our drummer. Um, but she has a college level education in graphic art design and she is like heavily right. preoccupied by graphic commissions around the clock, all that fun stuff. So really it's the perspective of, yeah, I mean, all these bands, you know, the, the, the struggle, the grind, the stalemate before you release a project or release a, um, just like get a release out there, get a song out there or two. And then too, when it all comes together, something, yeah. unex something unexpected will, will, will come up too that will put another challenge to it. It exactly. happens often, man. I lucked out with my old bands. Like, I will say that, like, if there's one thing positive from that outside of my current drummer and the connections and the memories that I have, it's that I really lucked out because coming into this and doing again like you said with with busy schedules and with lives and stuff like that and then just life in general the things that we don't have any control over yeah that impact us um it, it's it's very challenging it's very difficult that's that's the first challenge <laughs> people yeah coming from someone who's not not even an official band who's participated contributed it takes a while yeah it, it takes, takes a, a while, long man. time but I mean, thankfully, I'm only 21. I'm not 25, and being like, oh, dude, you're, yeah, you're a baby, bro. You got, exactly. you got, like, compared, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be fine, dude. If you keep doing this, you'll make it all right. If you're only 21, whoo, yeah, you got plenty of life. I don't dude. look 21, but you know, yeah. I, <laughs> that's how it works. But all um, you kids look super. You're not kids. You're a young man. I was yeah, just saying, yeah. like, all you guys, all you guys. I'm like, oh man, these guys are all early 20s, like. Uh, <laughs> I'm like fucking 40 is a lot closer for me now than it is for the fucking 30 something. Oh, is. That's so. crazy to think about, man. But I mean, the way I see it, we never get old. We just get older because we're not here for a long Correct. time. Correct. So Correct, man. This stay true. in your youth. But Absolutely. <laughs> um, briefly, before we go ahead and head out, um, I mm -hmm. was curious. You were saying that Amalgam, right? That's how you pronounce yeah. it? Okay. So Correct. Amalgam, yeah. you said, is a concept record. Correct. So what is the concept going on? You don't have to dig into it because we can do that. Another no, that's time. fine. No, um, yeah, it's totally cool. Um, basically, the concept is kind of like what we went over. Um, every single, every single song in there has a reference to a band that I've either played with or has inspired me. Um, every single song was written um, with a shout out to like to the grave is in there. Um, okay. Suicide si Suicide Silence is in there. 
um, even newer bands and stuff like that. Uh, I do reference Worm Shepherd and one of the songs too, because when Brandon joined, uh, there was a section of a song and I'm like, dude, I don't know what to put here. And I'm like, oh, I know what I'm going to do now. You know, um, yeah. I, I reference Poison the Well. I reference Dark Soul. I, I reference some video games and stuff in there, too. Right. It's not really a video game concept album. But um, what I've done is I've also taken people's stories who I know that are survivors of domestic abuse or human trafficking. Because I used to I volunteered with them and I've known people that have survived. And so a lot of my lyrics that I write about are from the pain and the anger of those experiences. And so I kind of crafted the storyboard about how do we take real life serious things and then tell them in a way to where it's almost like a pan's labyrinth where it's like a fantasy story. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's kind of that's what I've kind of done with their stories to either protect their identities, but still get their story out for what it yeah. is um, and to talk about serious subject matters that are hard to approach to a new listener or somebody that does care about that stuff. People like down the road, like, Hey, you realize this guy wrote this about this. Right. And um, it, I think when people learn that it gives them a different perspective on what they just wrote. Oh yeah. Or what they listen to. So that's kind of like, for whatever odd reason I've, that's been a re sadly, it's been a reoccurring theme in my life that I've met people who are survivors of very severe abuse and very, very severe hu human conditions in general yeah and so that's been my my writing formula and i i'm, I'm you know i've gone through that similar type of stuff with them right and so um this hardcore music and metal music and death metal music and death core was really the one uh outlet that i had that made me push on through the day and made me feel not alone and made me feel like i could continue through life and i could be successful doing that um, like I remember listening to Shy Halud, um, uh, "Give Him Flight Through Through uh, with Demon's Wings." I think that song is. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm probably butchering that, but um, they're an older hardcore band. I saw them with Shadows Fall and Cephalic Carnage, and that whole album, like, that was like one of the worst points points of my life. And I remember listening to these heavier bands, and like they made my day way easier. They made my life much more enjoyable to continue through. Right. And so this whole album is basically saying thank you for making this music. And I'm taking people's stories that also have had severe challenges and I'm letting I'm giving life to their stories and I'm validating the things that these people have experienced. Awesome. Well, so, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, that was, that's Amalgam in a conceptual sense produced or not produced, provided, contributed discussed by Mr. Ian here of Recoil and Horror. We had an awesome session here tonight. Plenty of awesome questions answered. Well, not awesome questions. Questions answered in awesome ways. There you go. Yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> thank you, Sean. I appreciate this, man. This is awesome. Hell yeah. Thank man. you. And to say the least, people, we are back in full swing. It was really only the camera that was giving me issues, but now, like, right after this, I'm going to be doing plenty of reactions. So that should be really <laughs> fun. And, again, Mr. Ian, thank you for your time tonight, and uh, be sure to enjoy the rest of it. Thank you, man. You as well. Thank you so much. Well, do.